Welcome to E to the Power of Three, a podcast of Bridging the Gap, where our mission is to encourage, equip, and empower every woman on her faith journey with Jesus Christ. My name is Kristen, and today we're honored to hear a recording from Andy Andrew, one of the 2021 Thrive Conference featured speakers. In this leadership episode, you will learn about Andy and her family and get a sneak peek into the humor and energy she brings as a speaker as she shares honestly about God's promises. I hope you enjoy this podcast. All morning, since I woke up super early, I have sensed the tenderness of the Lord. I have sensed that there are so many of you where you're like, I wanna have a victory cry. I wanna shout and cheer. I want my imagination to be in a healthy place. I wanna have faith for what God wants to do. But you feel like you're so stuck right in the middle and it hurts. And you're wondering when this time will end. But I sense the tenderness of the Lord because I, I also sense that some of you, because of maybe the way you viewed your father or past leaders or church leaders or whatever that looks like, you sense that the father is angry at you for not accomplishing the right goals, doing the right thing, thinking the right way. You think that he's far off, that he's not present and his tenderness is so near this morning. Father, I, I'm so grateful for your presence. What would we do without you? Honestly, I would be dead in a ditch somewhere. But you rescued me. You rescued us. And you're not done. You want to take us from glory to glory and strength to strength. And in between the glory and the glory is just a whole lot of work. And that's annoying. <laughs> but you are with us. So Holy Spirit, lead my every breath, my every word. Would you just speak to every heart individually in this place? Would you bring courage and encouragement? Would you bring strength for the journey? Would you remind them that you are not done yet? And even when we cannot see it, you are working. And even when we don't feel it, you're working. Thank you. You're a good God. And may we know it today in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you, guys. <laughs> and this is why I don't wear mascara on the bottom. So anybody else? Like, I am a crier. I cry about everything. Is, do I have any other criers in the house, right? Where it's hilarious, I'm crying. It's super sad, I'm crying. It's touching, I'm crying. I am a visceral, emotional person. And then I am married to the most steady man on the planet. Anybody else too, you're like, and they just, I'm like, are, are you sure you still wanna be in this? He's like, yeah. Like, I, I'm very grateful. And I'm the only crier in my family. What the heck? Like, I thought I would at least give birth to one. But it's like, you know, the touching like commercial or moment in the movie and you're the one like, <gasps> you're feeling it. Like you are in the movie. Like it is, you are the character. You have jumped right in the slipstream. You're like, I am with this person. That's me in the movie. And this is what my family, why do people do this to criers? They go, and they all stare at you. It's so, it's, I'm like, guys, I'm like trying to have a moment. We, you know what we need? I need like the criers need bubbles. 
where like, or blinders or something. Cause I'm like, I'm just trying to be in this movie. You're all ruining it for me. Um, so I know you guys don't know me. Hi. <laughs> I, I just want to honor your pastors. My goodness. Can we just, yeah, last night, Christina, I mean, I, I, I was like, I'm sorry. She does everything. And then she also is so humble and brings you into the tender places of her life. Like this is a woman to run with. This is a woman to learn from and glean from. And I just honor you and thank you for being real on the journey, but strong on the journey. It's like a, a tension you walk in that is very difficult to manage sometimes, but I just honor you and thank you. And thank you for letting um, me and my best friend of 20 plus years, I have, Tanya is here with me. Um, I brought her along. You guys have known her longer than my husband. So um, we go way back. Do you know, um, I'm from Washington State as well, which I know is maybe not exciting for you guys. But I'm like, oh, Andrew, he's from Tacoma, where the Tacoma Roma is. I'm on the other side of the mountains in a little place called Spokane, Washington. Close? Yeah. Um, really close to Idaho. So <laughs> that's where I grew up. I grew up in a cult. So that's a whole nother story. Um, people are like, did you grow up in the church? I'm like, listen, a book may come out one day. I don't know. Because you're like, what? I'm like, listen, the Lord is doing a deep work in me still, okay? Oh, praise the Lord. Um, some of you are like, seriously, I have so many questions now. Come to my session and ask whatever you want. Don't record. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I want to introduce you to my family, though. I, I got saved at 19, by the way, in a church that was not a cult. And, um, and Jesus radically changed my life. And two years later, I moved to Sydney, Australia and went to Hillsong Bible College and met and married the man of my dreams who is hot and Australian and amazing and has the accent. And so... Um, and I had my first three kids there. Okay, like how, like, but my teenager is freaking me out though because he's t as tall as my husband and why is he smoldering a little bit in that photo? <laughs> Please stop. Please stop right now. <laughs> You're my baby. So um, these are, this is my family. So Paul, um, born and raised in Sydney, and we, yeah, have been married for almost 20 years. We're going on our 19th year. Ezekiel Benjamin, he's our eldest, and his name means God will strengthen the son of my right hand. So that's what his name means. And then, um, my, seriously, I'm one of those people, I'm like, I'm gonna prophetically name all of my children. So when they're acting up, I will prophesy over them and they're like, ugh, I'm so annoyed by you. So it's fun. Um, my second son is, he's one of the little Carol Gardens cap, because that's our neighborhood in Brooklyn that we live in. And his name is Jesse Freedom. And his name means gift of freedom. And uh, oh man, I'm so proud of him. He has fought for his freedom. And this kid is just hitting some goals that I'm so proud of him in. And then my one and only daughter that's giggling. I need to, she is uh, honestly, her name is Finley Grace. And it means fair warrior full of grace. And how many of you know that when you have three brothers, you need to have a little bit of fair warrior and a whole lot of grace. So she is like, I am a crazy person. Okay, not like I'm like this. And she's got so much of her father in her. And she is just the most kind daughter. And she came into the world in one of the most difficult seasons of my life. And I'm like, God, I pray protection over her for everything that is happening in my life. 
literally my book, She is Free, is that whole journey. So I had a breakdown. God did some deep work on me. But that girl came into my world. And I tell you what, she has just been such a gift. Then we moved to New York 10 years ago. And I kept doing the head count. Um, when I got on the subway and told my kids to not decapitate themselves and put their backs against the wall because you will not die on the subway. And they're good now. They're street smart. They know how to do New York. But they were toddlers at the time. And so, um, but we, I kept doing a head count. One was missing. So we're like, we need to have an American child. So uh, we got pregnant with Samuel Malachi and his name means asked of God a messenger. And um, Sam is the only blue-eyed, blonde-haired kid that I have. <laughs> so there he is and he is the only one that can be the president of the United States. So, <laughs> so that's us. <laughs> Um, but yeah, all four of my kids go to four different schools. Yes, they ride the subway to school when it's not COVID. Um, it's, you know, this is our life and we love it. And that's me, not my family. Um, <laughs> so um, this morning, I, I want to just take some time and really, I do pray that in this session that I do put some courage into you and that you will be able to walk with strength on the journey and just see where you are in the journey, be awakened and illuminated to where you are in the journey. And I know that we put, um, that my session was gonna be about transition, but I actually felt to talk about transition right now. Um, I, I think it's really important that we talk about it right now. I personally, about five years ago, was going through a major life transition. You know those major resets that you have in life where everything that you thought was, you're like, I am in such a good place. Life is so good. And then the Lord's like, yeah, like flips over a table in your life. You're like, I, I, I thought like we were good. And somehow we get into this place where we think when we're in a good season, we're like, this is gonna be forever. Like it's gonna be that season forever. And the Lord's like, no, thank you for growing. We're going to grow some more again. And so it was just a season of transition and change. And it was one of those ones where I was crying out to God all the time. I'm like, why is it like this? Why are you cutting off relationships from my life? Why are you pruning things? Why are you taking my parents from me? And said, my parents helped us plant the church. He took them away rude and brought them back to California where my dad is a surfer. He's like in his seventies and surfs every day. So, you know, you kind of have to let him go. Fine, don't live in Brooklyn, like go surf, it's fine. Um, and they're like hippies that are leading a house church in California now, and they're killing it. Like they are killing it. So I'm so happy for them. They're doing amazing, but I miss them. And um, so it was this whole transition, and I was like, oh, transition's about to end because um, we're about to hit 2020, and 2020 is going to be our year, <laughs> right? So this is this is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking we are going to hit this year. My transition season is over. The Lord is giving us this new part of the promised land. And he's giggling going, here we go. We're, we're just going to cut off a little more and we're going to prune a little more and we're going to shake a little more and we're going to cause you to fall to your knees a little more. <laughs> right? so angry. I'm like, really? Um, and I, I just, I want to share this with you. I got to this place where I was sitting, I was sitting on an airplane and I was reading. I love that she shared about, um, about the Israelites uh, leaving the promised land because I got to a place where I was reading Exodus again. And, you know, it's like, I've read this before, God, and you're not going to show me anything else. <laughs> wow, pride. Okay. So the Lord had a few things to say. 
But it, it was this point, right, where the Lord is about to give them manna from heaven. He is about to rain down on them something new. He's about to take care of them and provide for them in the middle of a transitional place. Because where are they? This is the desert. The desert was a transitional place. They were in captivity. He was bringing them to their promise. And in the middle seasons of our lives, we tend to act like the Israelites. We can read this story and go, wow, I can't believe they were like that. But this is the human story. This is why we need Jesus in the middle seasons with us. And so as I was reading this, I mean, let me just read it to you again. I'm going to read to you from Exodus 16, 1 through 3. This will be the key text for this morning. And then I'm just going to break down some principles about what we can learn in transition and how we can do transition better. Anybody want to know how to do better in between in the middle? Okay, praise the Lord. Because wait, time out. Women, we're always in transition in something, are we not? Do you not feel that? I'm like, why is my body always changing? Why can't I, like, what's happening? I, <laughs> I'm even watching my daughter who's like, now she is 12, almost 13. And I'm like, this, why, why are you growing up? This is happening. But transitions in life are constant. And so we have, even just as women, but let alone the seasons that we go through, the things that happen to us, the things that we cannot stop or help. And when we're in the middle of transition, we have to get good at doing it well. So it says this in um, Exodus 16, one through three, they set out from Elam and all the congregation of the people of Israel, Israel came to the wilderness of sin, which is between Elam and Sinai. On the 15th day of the second month, after they had departed from the land of Egypt, the whole congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the people of Israel said to them, with that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. This is how I read it, because this is how I speak to the Lord. <laughs> When we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full, for you brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Anybody? Do you get a British accent a little bit too? When you speak to the Lord in impassioned tones. This is what my family has to deal with. So, so I read this and I go, they're like, you know what? We know we're gonna die. Rude Moses, thanks for taking us to this place to die. We would rather sit by pots of meat and die, okay? We would rather go back to our place of captivity because it's familiar. It's a familiar space. We know how to live in captivity and at least our bellies are full while we're in captivity. But this place, the in-between, how dare you bring us here? Meanwhile, the Lord is literally about to rain down manna from heaven and provide for them. And this is what I feel for some of us. We're crying out to God. We're like, years of transition, Lord. Years of going through things, years of shaking, years of pruning, years of crying out for the promise to come. Where's my promise? <laughs> this is what we do. Or is it just me? So, just me? Okay. She's like, really? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> And I think about this, I think about how we get into this middle space and we cry out to God and he's like, I'm providing for you, I'm taking care of you, I need you to do transition well, because I am bringing you from point A to point B. You know all those prayers that you prayed, all those things that you cried out for, but we get to this point where we are entitled in our Christianity, we're like, we want it, we want it now, daddy. And he's like, there is a process to getting from point A to point B. And even when I give you the promised land, guess what? You have to be a warrior and suit up and go to battle and take your ground. So it's not gonna be easy. 
We actually have to settle this in our Christianity, in our following of Jesus, in a life laid down in surrender. And this is why we, we start to resent the cost of following Jesus. Anybody else? We start to resent the cost of following Jesus and we forget that we are a life laid down that is in process, that God is healing and transforming to take more and more ground. Who loves airplanes? Anybody? You love the airplane? Really? Okay. No, we, we love, I, I personally think airplanes are hilarious because you see the true state of people's hearts when there is a delay, right? And I laugh so hard at people. I'm like, do you want to die today with the engine trouble? They're like, oh, oh, just take the plane off, you bunch of liars. And I'm like, they're not li Do you Literally, do you want to die? I would rather be delayed and have them fix the plane so we can get where we need to go. But see, in the middle of transition, see, a plane is a transitional space, isn't it? But in the middle of transitional spaces, what is in us comes out of us. And I hate transition for that reason. I'm like, I'm so ugly again today, Lord. <laughs> like I'm truly in this season of life where I'm like, how come every day it has to be in my weakness, you are strong, Lord. Why do we have to be so aware of this? That's how I feel most of the time these days. In my 20s, I'm like, in my strength, you are better, right, Lord? He's like, no, 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 that's not it. <laughs> and the older I get, the more I realize in my weakness, he is so strong. He can move, he can speak if we surrender our lives, but often what we do is we spend our lives avoiding the difficult, avoiding the tests. I hate James 1. James 1 is the worst, right? Oh my gosh, count it on joy, brothers and sisters. When you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith, that you're like, what? I'm, t I'm sorry, you're gonna test my faith? Yes. <laughs> Do we believe that God is good no matter what we see? Are we willing to sit that test even if on this earth we do not see some of the promises that we really long to have fulfilled? He's like, that's not a promise I have to be fulfilled for you. There's a generational promise I have to be fulfilled for you. Will you lay down your life to do what I've actually asked you to do? I mean, I joke about this. You guys, I'm in the process of getting my license. Are you so proud of me? You're like, what? Okay, when I was 16, I got my license in Spokane. And then I moved to Australia and had to turn it over to an Australian license. So when we moved back to New York after living in Australia for 10 years, um, my license had expired and I didn't need a license. I don't need a license living in New York. It's called a subway taxi Uber. Like I don't, I don't need, um, I don't need a license. But uh, what's happening with my hair? Um, <laughs> It was stuck in a false lash. I don't wear these very often, ever. Um, <laughs> I live in Brooklyn. I literally look homeless when I drop my kids off at school. So I, um, <laughs> sorry. This happens and then we come back, okay? Um, so I, I have my permit. You guys, I have a 15 year old who can have a permit. I better get my license before him. I'll tell you why. I know how to drive. I drove for years. I don't want to take the test. I don't want to sit in a, car, in a car where someone is going to be holding something grading me because it's difficult and embarrassing and I feel ashamed because I'm too old and I should have a license. So that stops me from moving forward and sitting the test that God actually has for me so that I can move forward. But this is what we do. We get stuck in transition. We get stuck in a moment. 
And so here's what I want to do this morning. This is really practical. Are you guys ready for some really practical things where the Lord has like taught me personally where I'm like, why God? Um, I just want to share some things with you on how we can walk through transition well, things that we can learn in and through transitional seasons, because is as if we are not already in them in a personal way, I just feel like what 2020 and 2021, because we're just going to add them together now. Um, I mean, you guys come to church, so that's great. We have church services and I'm like, who's going to come today? Please, Lord, let a handful come. Um, but, uh, but there is so much that we can learn. We have to face ourselves. I love that we are talking about mental health, emotional health, the whole person. This is so important. And I pray that this actually, this gathering, this conference is a catalyst for you to do something after you leave. This is really important. I think that this whole time while you're listening, be asking the Holy Spirit, what is the step that you want me to take after this so that I can become healthier, more whole, so that, does that make sense? Because we need to actually have a strategy and a game plan to continue after catalytic moments, after these glory to glory moments. So, because what we're gonna do is all the things we've prayed for, God wants to give it to you, but it's a process to take one step in front of the other, in front of the other. So we have to be practical in this too. Okay, so the first one is this, and this is so funny. We gotta count the cost of change, number one. I have learned this along the way. You've got to count the cost of change. Now, maybe this sounds strange because sometimes change just happens. I'm not talking about the change that just happens, the season that we hit, what happens in our nation, what happens. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about those moments where we're crying out to God going, God, I want you to change my circumstances and situation. God, would you change my marriage? God, would you change me to help me with my health? God, would you help me with my mental health? God, would you give me a baby? God, I want to get married. Okay, when you get married, that person is always there. I just want to tell you that. I love my husband, but I'm like, you're still here. So you have to understand. And then you cry out for children and then they're, they're still there forever. Okay. So <laughs> this is what we have to understand. It's like we cry out for these things. And then I even have someone in my world right now. She's been crying out to get pregnant. She got pregnant. And then she's like, I am dealing with so many issues. I'm like, I know, I know. But it's true, like all of a sudden you're like, my body's not gonna be my own anymore. I'm like, no, it is not. You are hosting a human. We're like, no, 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 no. Like we, it's like, we cry, we cry out for change. And then the Lord's like, all right, here it comes. And he's like, do this to have the change. You're like, this? Yes. There is a cost to change. There's a cost to growing healthier. There's a cost to breaking cycles. There is a cost to crying out and praying for. I listened to this story, the lineage of this family of women, a grandmother who couldn't read, a mother, like in the education that they got, there is actually a cost to stepping into going, I am gonna break cycles in my family line. There is a cost to that. We can't just pray for it and the Lord's like, faith without works is dead. It's both and, we have to do this together. And so, I mean, it's the same people are like, you know what, I feel like the Lord is calling me to New York City. And I'm like, <laughs> we'll see. Because people are like, I dream about New York. It's gonna be so awesome. And I'm like, I just need to let you know this, the sifting that's gonna happen in your life. And they're like, not to me. I'm like, okay, bye. <laughs> Five months later, they're like, you know, the Lord has like changed direction with me. 
All right. But we have to count the cost. We have to be willing to pay the price. I tell you what, every year with New York, I'm like, Lord, do you have another city for us? Like maybe like Italy where I can eat pasta every day and be just by the water and, and not talk to people and never, never have to do anything hard again. Anyone? <laughs> That's real, right? <sighs> but we have to count the cost of change. I gotta keep going. Number two. <laughs> We've gotta count the cost, we've gotta pay it, and then we've gotta own it. Here's the deal, okay. One of the biggest things that someone said to me, what makes you furious? What makes you angry? Like, what's that holy anger that comes up in you? And I was like, honestly, when people don't own their lives, especially when they're blaming me for why their life is how it is, I'm like, mm. Um, if I need to apologize, I will apologize. Um, but also, we need to take radical ownership of our lives. Because there are so many of us in this room where we have walked through brokenness and pain and trial and tragedy, but there comes a point where the Lord's like, yes, that is not and was not ever my plan for you, but I am your healer and I am with you. And you need to take ownership and responsibility for the state of your body, soul, and your spirit. Nobody else can do that for you. So you have to count the cost and pay the price, amen? Number two, we gotta recognize transition when we're in it. We have to recognize transition when we're in it. This is so key, and I think a lot of times we don't recognize it. Anybody else, when you're in a transitional season, you start cutting people's heads off, or you get really angry, or you're like, why am I crying all the time? Why do I want to karate chop someone I don't even know? Like what? Like I get into these very crazy places where I'm like, I'm being irrational. I don't understand what's going on. I had this moment, it was, it was the time when my parents were transitioning and moving out of the city, and our story is crazy, and I don't have time to tell it, but there's so much redemption in my relationship with my parents' relationship. Growing up in a cult will do that to you and the severed relationships and the mental health issues that we have walked through and are, I'm continuing to get healing in in different areas and, and ways. Um, but I think about how we had such a restored relationship. God did so much and then God called them out. I was like, God, I thought like they were gonna be with us forever because we restored everything, it's so beautiful. He's like, no, now it's time for them to go. And I'm like, that's so rude. Isn't life all about me though? <laughs> no. Uh, but I remember we had just moved into this new um, beautiful brownstone that had a washer and dryer, which in New York to have a washer and dryer oh, is amazing. But the washer wasn't working the spin cycle. It kept getting stuck, <laughs> you know? And I remember walking down there to do the wash and it was doing its thing again. And I was like, ah! like I screamed so loud. I hit the washing machine. With both hands, I bruised the palm of my hand. That's how hard I hit it. Anger, much. Um, and I hit, and then, this is the funniest part, is I saw one of my kids' feet start to come down the stairs and then go. <laughs> like right back up the stairs, like not today, not right now. Nope, not gonna. And I remember jumping up on the washing machine, sobbing. And the Lord is like, Andy, this isn't about the washing machine. I was like, really, I think? <laughs> But the Lord is like, you're in transition. I am doing a new thing in your life. Do you not perceive it? I'm like, I don't perceive it. Can you just like, get, like lay it out for me? But he's like, I am your father. I know they're going, but I am your father. And I remember having to walk that through and just recognize, oh, I'm in the middle of transition. I need to understand I'm in the middle of an in-between space and it's not easy. The grace was changing. The season was changing. Have you, you know, at weddings, like, does anybody love to dance at weddings? It's like my favorite. <laughs> my husband hates dancing at weddings and I'm like, it's a wedding, I'm so excited. I'll see you later, babe. <laughs> 
my hair is like, I have naturally curly hair. If I straighten it, it's like curly underneath. I'm like, woo, like we dance all night long. <sighs> and my youngest son, the other kids are just like, wow, she's crazy. Like it's me and Sam. <laughs> and uh, the true Americans, that's why. Uh, <laughs> so, I love watching people dance that have no rhythm to it's like my favorite, but they love to dance and they're like. And the song changes, but they're still like, you're like, nope, song changed. We're not rapping anymore, you know? Like, we gotta, like, so, so they, <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like, the rhythm changes, but they're still like, you're like, no, we're not doing the robot song anymore. Uh, but I feel like this is us in our seasons of life, right? We're like, we were doing the robot so well in this last season. The Lord's like, now it's a waltz. So we're like, no, we're still doing the robot. He's like, no, it's a waltz. And you're like, no, it's the robot. And so, so this is what happens though. The Lord's like, pay attention to the shift in season. Pay attention to the song changing in your life and begin to dance in a new way. We have to walk in the rhythm of grace. And that's why I love what it says in Matthew 11, 29 through 30. Are you tired? Yes. Are you worn out? Uh-huh. Anybody else? You're like, amen to that. Burned out on religion. Duh. Like all of this. Now, what does the Lord say in his tenderness? Come to me. Get away with me and you will recover your life. You'll recover your life. I will show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. It doesn't say stop working with me. It doesn't say just rest with me. He says, come to me, rest with me, walk with me, work with me. I'm gonna show you what? It says this, watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. For some of you, you have to recognize transition. You're angry, you're cutting people's heads off. You don't like the season you're in. The season has changed, the song has changed. You need to learn a new dance. You need to learn a new rhythm and you need to find your grace in the season you're in, amen? Men, denial will not help you. And I think even for me, there's some stuff the Lord is revealing in my life personally right now that he's like, you have said, I'm fine, I'm fine. Anybody else do that? I'm fine, I'm fine. <laughs> he's like, you're not fine, you're not fine. <laughs> People are becoming the target of your not fineness. We need to face ourselves, face our pain, and walk through the desert, the middle season, from point A to point B, amen? Number three, disorientation is normal in transition. Disorientation is normal in transition. I was so young, I was in my early 20s when I moved to Sydney, and full of adventure and excitement, but I grew up in Spokane, so I mean, it was just a normal kind of mid-sized town, and then I moved to Sydney, Australia. Yes, they speak English, but it's a totally different culture. And I remember grocery shopping and standing in an aisle, and I was just like standing there alone, like looking at everything, and I was like, oh my gosh, like what do I buy? It was so stupid. It's not like they don't have regular food. It was just the brands were different. Nothing looked the same. It felt different. I felt so disoriented. And I was like, I just like want my meat pots, God. And he's like, I'm sorry, no, because I have manna for you in this season and I need you to integrate with Australian culture. I need this to become your home. I need these people to become your people because this is where you are meant to be right now. So recognize your disorientation, but then also go, okay, God, but what do you want me to learn? How do you want me to grow? 
I don't want to be crying out for meat pots when you have something new for me. So understand that disorientation is normal. Again, it's like some of you are new mamas and you're like, what is sleep again? (laughs) Why do I cry all the time? (gasps) Anyone? Or again, I'm obviously a crier, so it's a great illustration for me. But, But I think about how there's this disorientation, a disorientation when you step into any type of new season. It's normal. Don't be hard on yourself. Understand you need to find your rhythm of grace in it. Number four is this. Don't find transition. Pain is normal in the shifting of seasons. Don't fight it. Don't fight transition. Pain is normal in the shifting of seasons. Okay, this is what I've learned. Um, and you know, I, I can be, I love all the women that are in this room. So they just bring an array of understanding to this. But I think for myself, what I've noticed is if we numb pain, if we do not go into the pain with Jesus, the healer, if we don't have a strategy to do that with someone, um, with whether that's with a therapist, with a group of friends, with people that we trust being open and honest about where we are in a recovery group, whatever that looks like, if we don't do that, we'll numb the pain, I find one of two ways. We, we numb the pain um, and, and just numb it with crazy things, whether that is, is alcohol or television or porn or whatever. And I know that's not just a guy issue. There's a ton of things that we do, right? Where we numb the pain so that we can think about something else. Even things that are good, they become excessive, right? Things that are good in balance. It's like, this isn't a bad thing that I'm doing. Yeah, but what are you ignoring while you're doing it excessively, right? So we have to pay attention to that. So either what we do is we numb pain or we become codependent and we look for someone else to fix our problems. It's like you, I'm just like you, you can fix it. I, uh, no, <laughs> the Lord, the Lord and your process can fix it. We need a plan, we need a strategy, but also numbing your pain and ignoring it and pretending it doesn't exist. Again, denial fixes nothing. Sweeping it under the carpet, you just get a big lump under there. Someone's like, don't look under there. It's, it's not a dead body. <laughs> But we have to understand. It's like, too, I I think for me, John 15 has been an encouraging and a difficult uh, scripture to just fall in love with. Because John 15 shows us that pain is a normal part of life. And it brings growth and change and health. John 15 uh, verses 1 through 4 says this. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Isn't that a beautiful promise? Remain in me as I also remain in you. Listen to how many times he says remain. No branch can bear fruit by itself. No isolation. It will not do. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. But what is the one thing we want to do when God starts cutting things off that are unhealthy in our lives? When he starts pruning things that are healthy and we feel naked? The the enemy is like, you should feel ashamed. Look at you as the fruit. And he's like, no, 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 you're already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. So all I'm asking you to do, no matter how long this season is, is remain, 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 remain. I know this hurts. I know this doesn't feel good, but remain. And this is what we have to understand is it's the last thing we want to do. Anybody else a really great isolator? This is why you need good friends. Irene, Tanya, these two women right here are two women in my world that are in my circle where I'm like, I want to isolate. I don't want to talk to anybody anymore. I'm going to shut down Instagram and everything. And I'm not, I am not going to show up at church either. Don't tell Paul. Like, you know, it's like, and you have to have these friends where they go, okay, okay, why? 
What's going on? Let's go deeper. What's the root of this? This is a fruit problem. What is the actual root of the problem? And let's talk this through. Let me love you through this. You won't remain here. Even last night in the car home, a car ride home, Irene was saying, I wanted to speak to you about something that I think would really help you. And I was like, no way. That's something that I'm already doing. And it's a thing that only a close friend could say because it could be offensive coming from someone else. And I'm so grateful for that. But this is why we have to face the pain, to be able to grow, to be able to walk through it. It's like, I, I want to get healthy. Touch me, Lord. <laughs> right? And he's like, mm, okay, there's like strategy with this. There's things you could do. <laughs> but it's like, we, we have to face the pain of what that looks like. Change, the, the, the pain of change is so much greater than the pain of staying the same. You've heard that before, right? And it's just true. And that's why like, we love to like worship that song. In the crushing, in the pressing, ah, for my neighbor, you're making new one. Just give it to me, right? So it's like a really pretty song to sing. But then when he's like, in the crushing on your life, you're like, this hurts so bad. Like, find another way, Lord. But that's the way that the Lord brings about something new in our lives, doesn't he? We got to face the pain, amen? Okay, a couple more. Number five, grief is normal and it's necessary in transition. Grief is normal and it's necessary in transition. Some of you growing up didn't want to rock the boat because your parents uh, needed everything to be peaceful. Um, some of you, the house was so chaotic, you didn't want to rock the boat. Some of you just don't want to be a bother to anybody, so you're not going to cry. You're not going to walk through it. There are so many reasons why we stuff grief and we don't walk through it. But have you ever noticed that grief remains in your body? And at one stage, at some time, the grief is going to come out. It's going to come out whether that is physically. You get. I found myself in the ER one season because my body was physically manifesting grief that I had not walked through. And there are many ways that we do this. What does it say in the word of God? It says in Matthew 5, 4, blessed are those who do what? They mourn for they shall be comforted. And some of you don't feel comforted, but it's because you're like, you know what, I'm going to do 75 million things. I'm going to look okay and do all right. And everyone's going to ask if I'm okay. I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. <laughs> you're not fine. <laughs> Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Some of you, like literally your homework after this is go close the door and have a big cry sesh. And this is what I've learned even with my children is when I start to manifest anger or grief on them or my husband, I go, you know what, guys, I love you, but I'm just going to go shut myself in the room for a little while. Please don't come in. And then I turn up my emo music and I cry. I have a playlist called All the Feels, and it is a playlist that helps me walk through grief or worship God in my grief. We need these spaces where we're like, even if I don't see it, you're working. <laughs> right? It's normal. You have to let it out. Some of you, your homework is to grieve and grieve properly and tell somebody what you need to walk through because hope will come again. A couple of more, and then the team's going to come up, and we're actually going to sing that song. You never stop. You never stop working. I'm going to lead the team. It's going to be great. That's not true. Um, the guest. I'm the guest singer. <laughs> you know, there's this one season where we were walking through a lot, which I... 
and I remember my husband is like got this beautiful side where he can always bring the positivity and faith um, when I'm doing a nosedive. And he said, you know what, Andy, we're not where we were. And we're not where we want to be yet. We're not where we were, but we're not where we want to be yet. And you know what, that's okay. Because in the middle is where God is still working. We have grown, we have changed. Let's see the glory of God in that and he's got more to do. Amen? Number six is this. And the team, yeah, he's like, she was singing. I heard, I heard the song. Um, We've got we've, we've to have vision in transition. Yes. Got to have vision in transition. Okay, so um, this is really important. So after you walk through all of these stages, understanding that we've got to grieve, we've got to face it, we've got to look at it, we also have to have vision in the middle of it. We've got to use our imagination. We have to have faith. We have to see what God is doing. So even for me, four kids, right? I, I grew up with a doula, so total hippie mom, right? So all I knew was about natural birth. So I had, this is like, all I say to women is educate yourself. I am not giving a class right now. I loved going natural, having natural births with my four children. Also in Australia, it's like midwife central. So it's totally different. Um, anyway, I, I, the reason why though, there's something about being able to walk through the pain, breathe through the pain. So growing up as an athlete, I, you learn, you're like, okay, it's mind over matter. I can do this. Just one more. You know what I mean? So even in labor, that's what I would do. I was like, I can do pain for two minutes with a five minute break. I can do pain for two minutes. And so you're like, I got this. I got this. Breathe through. My husband would try to encourage me. I was like, you shut your mouth. No one touched me and no one talked to me. I am in the game right now. They learned on the first one, they're like, we're your team, we just stand here. <laughs> but so anyway, I just knew, I, I love to go with the pain because I'm like, my body is doing something, I am born to do this. But then when transition hits, and it's literally like there's a contraction, you're like, I got this, I got this. <sighs> and then you breathe for two seconds and another contraction comes, you're like, oh, <laughs> I got this, I got this. And then you breathe for like a minute and another contraction comes and it's going bam, bam, bam and you're like, you did this to me. I'm gonna kill you. You're not a great midwife. You should pull it together. Like you start, this is the moment where you really, really are like, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. You can do this. I can't do this. I can do this. And then honestly, right after transition, you're pushing and there's a baby in your arms. You're like, oh my gosh, let's do this again tomorrow. <laughs> Do you wanna know what my game plan was for transition? Cause I knew it was coming. My game plan was I've seen an ultrasound but I have no idea what this beautiful creation looks like. I have no idea God what you have knit together in my womb and I'm so excited to see their face. So I can do this. <laughs> and I had this vision and this moment of me holding them in my arms, knowing that I would get to the other side of transition. You need to have vision in transition. You need to be able to see that God is working, He is moving, He is doing something. And for some of you who realized even last night, I feel like some of you, your heart broke and you went, I actually didn't use that much of my imagination as a child. Can I say, I feel like the Lord wants to open up your imagination. He wants to do a healing in your mind where you begin to close your eyes again and go, God, what do you wanna do in my life? What do you wanna do? And, the, and I, I just, the last one is this, ask God humbly, what, what are you teaching me? 
Not in a like, you're teaching me because I'm a bad girl. That's not what I'm saying, God. Because sometimes that's our perspective of God. It's like, no, we're just, we're just in a process. So God, what do you want me to learn? Psalm 139, search my heart, oh God. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any way offensive in me and then lead me in the way of everlasting. I lay it all bare again today before you, God. We gotta learn the right lessons in transition because the enemy is trying to teach us too. Haven't we seen that in 2020, 2021? The biggest grief that I have had is I was like, I thought you were a Christian. <laughs> so <laughs> not very much of laughter in that one. But I think because we've been in a major transition on the globe, across the planet, and we're being squeezed. What are we learning? What are we growing in? So the team, the whole team, the singers, I'm gonna, before I start singing, you guys can come out here with me. Come on out. You guys can take this away if you want. Um, but you know, I, we're all in a middle season somewhere, right? And we're just gonna worship right now. Um, we're gonna sing whichever part of the song you feel is accurate by the Holy Spirit. You got it? Yeah, he's ready. And this is also why we have to laugh because transition is really hard, isn't it? We've got to laugh, we've got to have fun, we've got to come together. So you know what, let's just stand in faith because some of you need to close your eyes. Some of you need to imagine again how good our God is, that even when you can't see it, He's working. Even when you can't feel it, He's working. He doesn't stop. He's a good Father. He is present in your situation. Come on, yeah. Thank you for joining us for this leadership episode of E to the Power of Three. We were honored to hear from Andy Andrew as she shared insight into her life and encouraged us with God's promises. Hear Andy speak live during the 2021 Thrive Conference on October 1st and 2nd. She will be our featured guest for the Sisterhood Leadership 1 and 2 sessions on October 1st, as well as sharing a mini power-packed message during the VIP Apps with Speakers event that night. Learn more and register for Thrive at btgthriveconference.org. And don't forget to follow MNBTG on social media or go to mnbtg.org to stay up to date on more from Bridging the Gap. We look forward to being with you next time on E to the Power of Three.